Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world. And somebody say it brings forth fruit. And it does also in you since the day you heard it. And you knew the grace of God in truth. Verse number 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Chapter 2. Verse number 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. This is one of the most powerful warnings in the scripture. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, <laughs> vain deceit. It's like Paul saw it coming. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Could we give the Lord thanks for the reading of the Word of God today in this house? May the Lord richly bless you and you may be seated in Jesus' name. I love to preach about the name of Jesus because there is salvation in none other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
If I'm not mistaken, we have at least one going down in a watery grave of baptism this morning. In Jesus' name, we give God thanks for that. Do you have a few minutes this morning? The Apostle Paul begins his letter to the church at Colossae by greeting the church. He is speaking to the precious saints of God. He said to the saints and the faithful brethren that are at Colossae. Colossae was a very interesting town. It was one of three cities that was located about 100 miles inland from Ephesus. The other two were Hierapolis and Laodicea, which you read a little bit about them in the book of Revelation. But Colossae was a very wealthy cosmopolitan area where there was all kinds of religions and philosophies. And there was all kinds of different religious sects that were there. As a matter of fact, there was a very large Jewish colony right in the middle of Colossae. So it was, to say the least, a very fertile breeding ground for heresy. But Colossae would have never been mentioned in the New Testament had it not been for a powerful apostolic church that was found there. Paul did not start the church at Colossae. As a matter of fact, he says in this letter, I've never seen you face to face. I have never even seen you face to face. But there was such a powerful move of God that happened there that the Bible said he heard of their faith. I wonder how powerful a church has to be for someone never to have entered through the doors of the church, but they heard about what God had done. You know what kind of revival I want God to give us at the First Pentecostal Church? I want it to be the kind of revival that people all around the country and around the world that have never stepped foot inside this church start reaching out and saying, I've heard about what God is doing in your church. Can I tell you today that we serve a God who just two short weeks ago reached down and touched a precious young lady in this church who the bottom two uh, uh, quarters of her heart were not even working, but the Lord reached down and touched her, and the doctor said, your heart is perfectly normal. We serve the kind of God that a precious lady of the faith walked into this house on a walker because of a stroke that had left her handicapped. But the hand of the Lord came down and rested on dear sister Barbara. And I, I was standing there when she threw the walker down on the platform and took off walking under her own power. I want the world to know there's revival in Anderson. could spend all day telling you stories because God has been that good. But I want you to know that it is the will of God for people to be talking about what God is doing in His church. I'll be very careful how I say this today because I certainly don't want to get started on the wrong foot and offend somebody at the beginning. But don't you think it's about time people start talking about something good happening in church? I'm tired of all these TV preachers Making the church look bad like the church is always about embezzling money and sleeping with women and running off with. Hey, I'm telling you, God's doing something good in his church. I'm not about to let a few rotten apples mess the whole fruit basket up. God's got a church. 
And she's a holy church. She's a righteous church. She's the bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle. And the world needs to know Jesus is alive in his church. It's believed that the church of Colossae was, uh, was, an, it was an outgrowth of Paul's ministry in Ephesus. And there was such a powerful move of God that happened in Ephesus that it literally impacted an entire region. I don't believe it's the will of God that this church just impact this neighborhood. I don't believe it's the will of God that this church just impact Indiana. I believe it's the will of God that this whole region feel the ripple effect of what God is doing in this church. Can I get an amen here today? In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, it said, It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, he came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If we had six months to do a series, we could do it on one verse. I believed on the Lord as my personal Savior. I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart. Well, that's important. But Paul said he found some disciples. They were following after what John had taught them. They believed on the Lord. But he asked them the question. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believe. Look, I'm not here to argue with anybody today. I want you to understand believing is important. Believing is as important as repentance. Because if you don't believe, you see no need for repentance. But the more you believe on him, the more you understand how much you need him. And, and the apostle asked them the question, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we did not even know that there was a Holy Ghost. He said unto them, well then, you're, you're, you're believing, so how were you baptized? What, what kind of baptism do you have? They said, well, under John's baptism, John the Baptist. Then said Paul, well, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Messiah, Jesus. To believe on him. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Verse and this continued by the space people love Acts 19 because it was like this quick movement they got the Holy Ghost they got baptized but this continued by the space of two years so that all which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus both Jews and Greeks it was the kind of revival that when 12 men got affected by the gospel, all of Asia heard the good news of Jesus. I'm telling you, it's time for God to do something so big in your life that you can't keep your mouth quiet about it. It's time for God to do something so big in our lives that we've got to tell somebody.
Epaphras was one of Paul's converts in Ephesus. He returned home to start the church in Colossae. Epaphras was busy for God. If you keep reading in uh, the book of Colossians, you find out that he ministered in Hierapolis, Laodicea. He was getting busy. He was working on it. But there's something that's so vitally important that I find is that Paul and Epaphras were on the same page. The churches that Epaphras was starting were speaking the same language that Paul spoke in Ephesus. It is the will of God that the apostolic church get on the same page and start speaking the same thing. I'm not here today to air dirty laundry, but I don't think it's the will of God for you to walk into one apostolic church and they believe one thing. Walk into another apostolic church and they believe another thing. I believe it's the will of God. Paul told the church at Corinth in the very first chapter, he said, I want us to speak the same thing and be of the same mind and the same judgment. You know what? There's only one church, and it is the church of the living God, and we've got to start speaking the same thing. Yeah, but pastor, I I think probably the culture at Colossae was a little different than the culture at Ephesus, you think? It was. Different towns. I can tell you right now, the culture's different in South Anderson than it is North Anderson. It's different in Anderson than it is in Alexandria. It's different in Anderson than it is in Muncie. Because wherever there's people, there's cultures. It's different, you know. I mean, when I was a kid, this was Madison Heights High School. And boy, there were a lot of upset pirates. When they came and put an Indian on their school. How could they? And then they just did away with the Scots. I don't even know what to think about that. When I was a kid growing up, you didn't want to walk into a bunch of Anderson Indian fans with a pirate's hat on. Because it's culture. But you know what we're doing? We're making a lot of excuses for culture in the church. And we're using this language all the time that we're building a multicultural church. I don't think multicultural church is necessarily the will of God. Brother Julio May that pastors a church in Memphis, Tennessee area, metro area Memphis. He, uh, he has a very large Hispanic church. Brother Julio May said, I am not building a multicultural church in Memphis. He said, I'm building, building a multi-ethnic church in Memphis But there's only one culture, and it's the culture of the kingdom. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. When you come into the kingdom of God, our culture changes to what he is. He said everybody in Asia heard the message. There were Jews and there were Greeks. So you know what that means? You're not the only one that deserves the gospel. I can tell you right now that in God's church, there is no prejudice. There is no racism. There's nobody standing up saying we're better than you. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek or Hispanic or Asian. What matters is that you've been buried in the name of Jesus and you've been filled with his spirit. 
And if I may be so bold today, I want to tell you, there's not room in this church for any of that. If you've got a problem sitting by a white brother or a black sister or a Hispanic sister, I want to tell you, you're in the wrong house because we've been asking God to send us everybody. I can't wait until we're translating in multiple, multiple, multiple languages in every service because this is for every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Hallelujah. I'm longing for the day that we start online web streams of our service in Spanish, in Arabic, in Mandarin, Chinese. He said this gospel would be preached in all the world and then the end would come. I'm telling you, it's the will of God for us to use technology for something besides running people in the ground. We ought to be using it to bring people to Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Woo! Epaphras, you better say the same thing Paul's saying. Better preach the same thing Paul's preaching. Don't let Paul get surprised when he comes to visit your church and he walks in and it don't look apostolic. And it don't sound apostolic. I'm troubled. I'm not throwing darts. But I'm troubled when people want to take away things that make us what we are so that they can be more appealing to the world, more cutting edge. Folks, listen to me today. Please hear my heart. There is nothing more cutting edge than the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. It divides. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? There is nothing more powerful than the Word. We may not be relevant to this world, but that's the power of the church. Culture was never supposed to change the culture of the church. The church was supposed to change the culture of the world. If you believe it, shout yes. Yes. Woo! The apostle Paul was functioning in his apostolic authority when he realized that there was great pressure in the region of Colossae because it was the melting pot of so much religion and false doctrine started to threaten his young church. So he traveled, he traveled by a letter when he couldn't travel by boat. And he sent a letter to the church at Colossae. And he said, I've never been there. But I want you to know there's some truths that are not meant to be set down at the table of negotiation. And negotiate with people so that we can grow. Oh boy, it's about to get tight. I feel it coming. If you'll vacillate on this, you'll change this, you'll tweak this, stop preaching that, preach a little more of this, your church will grow. Well, I want to tell you, I'm not going to give up on that. We're not going to quit preaching that. And I'm not going to start preaching that. And we're still going to grow. And I'll tell you why. Because this is not my church. This is the church of the living God. And the church was destined for greatness and destined for growth. If you're not in the church, come on in.
What was the heresy that was threatening the church of the Colossians? I believe if you read the context of the chapter, of the, of the book, of the letter, it was a blended message. It was part Christianity, part Jewish legalism, part Eastern philosophy, uh, philosophy part Gnosticism. These people had created their own brand of spirituality and were beginning to deny the apostolic truth. So Epaphras said, Paul, could you send me a letter and let these people know that I'm not the only one who believes this? Send a letter and let them know. You know what your pastor's thankful for today? I'm thankful for men of God that I can bring to this pulpit and they're going to preach the same thing that I've been preaching to you. These false teachers would not deny the importance of Jesus Christ. Listen very closely. They wouldn't deny him. They just dethroned him. They wouldn't deny him. But they dethroned him. Now these two words that I'm about to throw into the vocabulary soup this morning are extremely important. They were willing to give Jesus prominence. But they were not giving him preeminence. And there is a vast difference in giving him prominence and giving him preeminence. I can give him prominence in my life and hold him on a higher pedestal than I do the gods of this world. Oh my. But unless he sits in first position, not just in some things. But in all things, he is not preeminent. He is prominent. Mm. Well, how do people know that, Pastor? Well, because I can say that he has preeminence, but when I choose other things over him. Can I just hide behind the shield this morning? be throwing any tomatoes or darts up here right now. But I can't choose the NBA over him and him have preeminence. Come on, somebody. I can't choose the NFL over him and him have preeminence. I can't choose the gods of this world over him and him have preeminence. Paul said this is vitally important that you understand this. He is preeminent in all things. So I'm going to run you through this. Everybody ready? This is the critical error in Christianity today. Paul puts down false doctrine by lifting up Jesus over 30 times in just four chapters. You with me? Over 30 times in four chapters, he uses this little word, A-L-L. Somebody say all. Anybody that's been here longer than 30 years, tell me what Bishop Bingham said all means. All. <laughs> all means all. You guys got your scuba gear out that's deep. I know you're waiting on revelation. There is no greater revelation. He said, I am Alpha. Revelation 1 8. Omega. Beginning and the end. 
I am the first. I am the last. I'm the one which was. The one which is. The one which is to come. I am the almighty. Brothers and sisters, there's only one almighty. There can't be two almighties. There can't be three almighties. There's only one almighty. And he has a name. Why would he use the word all 30 times in this? Because it wasn't, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even written in English, Pastor. You know, it's so powerful when you go back to the Greek language. And you read what was written in the context of this. You guys ready for this? Hope everybody's got your deep water floaties on. Because I'm fixing to take you deep. He said that he has preeminence in all things. You know what that means in Greek? You guys. <laughs> Are you ready? I don't think they're ready, Brother Sean. All. The circumference of all things. Everything. So he takes a little bit deeper. And he doesn't just stay at preeminence. He says, all things were created by him. Visible things. Invisible things. Thrones. Principalities. He said it was all created by him. And it was created John chapter 1, you got your Bibles? Come on, John chapter 1. Let's go quickly. I, I like hearing them papers turn. It's one of my favorite things. I, I don't really like hearing nails click on a screen. John chapter 1. How many of you love the Word of God? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I love this. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made. Woo! That was made. Brothers and sisters, there's only one world. There's only one beginning. And there's only one creator. And that creator has preeminence. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 3. Here comes that powerful word again. In whom, oh God have mercy. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, and ye, oh God, ye are complete. I wish somebody just raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm complete in you. I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody else. I don't need other gods. I don't need false religion. God, I don't need all the wealth that this world can give. I am complete. 
I am complete in you because you are the head of all principalities and you are the head of all powers. That means any power that comes against me, I can remind that power that's coming against me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When the enemy comes against me like a flood, I can remind him that the spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard against you. When the enemy starts forming weapons against me, I can remind the enemy that there is no weapon that is formed against me that will prosper. Oh, God. Colossians 3 and 17. And so whatever you do, in word, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. By who? By Jesus. The only way you're going to give thanks to God is to give thanks to the one that has all preeminence. I wish somebody would shout, it's all in him. Can I, can, can I slow down for just a minute? Make you snore in Greek and dream in Hebrew just a little bit. Chapter 1 and verse 2. I love the language. God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Neither one of the ands, the A-N-D, and these verses indicate two persons. And in these verses means even. Even. Just as the Old Testament speaks of the God of Abraham to remind his people of the relationship and blessing resulting from the Abrahamic covenant. So the New Testament sometimes speaks of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to remind us of the relationship of blessings that's available to us through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Because there is no other power if he has preeminence. I mentioned it in Bible class this morning. And I, I know for some people it's just rhetoric. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of people building their foundation on Matthew 28 19. But if you're going to build your foundation on 28 19, you've got to read 28 and 18. He said, all power in heaven and in earth is given to me. He's the Messiah in the flesh, walking on the earth and claiming he has all power in heaven. So if the idea of three distinct persons that are co-equal, co-existent, and co-eternal exists, then don't you think Matthew 28 and 18 would really frustrate the other two persons? You can't have all power in one person and be co-equal. So when he said to go into all nations of the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if he would have wanted to be baptized in multiple names or titles, he would have said names. But in the Greek and in the English, it all translates singular. There's only one name. And I want to tell you, I know that name this morning. And Acts 4 and 12 declares 
salvation than any other. For there is none other name under heaven that is given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody shout the name. God have mercy. I got to fast forward. I got to hurry. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, according to chapter 1 and verse number 6, the gospel for all the world. The gospel is for everybody. But the word said that the gospel brings forth fruit. Colossians 1 and 6 says that the gospel brings forth fruit. Somebody say fruit. Why is that important for me, Pastor? Because belief determines behavior. Can, can I rewind that and say it again? Belief determines behavior. When missionary John G. Patton was translating the Bible in the Outer Hebrides Islands, he had trouble finding the exact word to translate the concept believe. So finally he discovered a word in the Gaelic language that meant to lean your whole weight upon. And that was the word that he used. So in a biblical sense, belief does not mean that I say I believe. Belief means that I totally lean on what I say I believe in. It means that on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. I put everything I've got on that. I lean on Him and Him alone. There is nothing else that can do what He can do. I put all my faith and all my trust and all my hope and all my belief everything I've got I put it in him you know why because he cannot fail as I hurry as I hurry today I want to get to I want to get to verse 17 very quickly chapter 117 I love expository preaching, narrative preaching. I wish we had a month today. By him all things consist. God says that he is literally the one that holds us together by his power. Probably 10 years ago, I preached a sermon here on Resurrection Sunday about a protein molecule that was called laminin. Laminin is very interesting I wish I would have got the picture for you today to show you the protein protein molecule called laminin is the cell adhesion molecule in the human body in other words it does for the cells in the human body what rebar does for concrete if you know anything about concrete you got to put that rebar in to hold it together and laminin does the same thing Laminin is the glue, literally the glue of the human body. And if you, if you want to look it up, write it down, L-A-M-I-N, I believe, L-A-M-I-N-I-N, laminin. Look up a picture for laminin, and they have a picture of the molecule. It is literally 
the shape of a cross. In your human body right now, the glue that's holding every cell together in your body right now is in the shape of a cross. And people said it was an afterthought. Folks, listen to me. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. You were born in sin and you were shaping in iniquity. But the cross was holding you together before you even knew you needed the cross. When God started forming you, the very cells in your body, it takes the cross to hold them together. The cross is the glue that keeps it all together. I've come to preach to you this morning. You can't make it without him. Verse 18. Despite our efforts to keep him out. I want you to know. That God intrudes. The life of Jesus Christ is bracketed by two impossibilities. A virgin's womb and an empty tomb. Jesus entered our world through a door that was marked no entrance. And he left through a door that was marked no exit. He has preeminence. In this verse, the word preeminence is from the Greek word protos. Which means first in rank or influence. In 3 John 1 and 9, John said, I wrote into the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not preeminence. And this verse is found from the compound Greek word, philos and protos, meaning fond of being first. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you have to decide who is going to be first in your life, you or God. He said Diotrephes liked having preeminence in his own life. But he told the church at Colossae, he said, Jesus. Jesus is going to have preeminence in everything. Listen, I'm, I'm going to preach to you today what I believe is the heart of God. I don't want to lose you here. But if you can just buckle your seatbelt and stay on this ride with me, I want to tell you. People will tell you that salvation is free. And I want to be very, very careful how I present this because I don't want to mislead anything. There couldn't be anything more free in the world than his gift of salvation. It's a gift. But at the same token, if you're going to be saved, it's going to cost you everything. You, you can't accept the gift of salvation and, and then give him second place. You can't accept the gift of salvation and say, I'm going to be with him on Sundays, but I don't care about Monday and Tuesday, and if I'm too busy on Wednesday, I won't be here Wednesday either. you got to give him preeminence in all things in your life. There's, a, there's such a powerful principle that I think we're missing. Is that being a part of the church has become something that we go to. It's, a, it's an action. It's a gathering. It's a meeting. But the first time the word church is ever mentioned in the Bible, upon this rock, I'll build my church. That word is ecclesia. It has nothing to do with a gathering. It's more like an army, a people. The church is not a place that we go. The church is who we are. The church is not just what we do. It's who we are. 
And everywhere I go, I represent him because he has preeminence in my life. And when I walk into places that I used to go, I don't do things that I used to do because the bottle used to have preeminence in my life. But now, God has preeminence in my life. And you used to wake up in the morning and you'd have to go straight for that joint or straight for that bottle of pills to get the day started because the pill had preeminence. But you bowed your knee at an altar of repentance. And God raised you up out of the grave of addiction. And today I want to tell you he is as powerful as he has ever been. I would never embarrass anybody. But if you're in this place today and you've got addictions in your life, I want you to know you can leave here free by the power that's in the name of Jesus. By the power that's in the blood of Jesus. By the power of the cross of Jesus. You can leave here free today. Truth be told, as I quickly close, I think we're all fond of being first. Is that a little too tough this morning? Come on, let me just love on your heart just a little bit this morning. I said, I think we're all fond of being first. How many of you had to teach your kids to be selfish? How many of you had to teach your kids to lie? Come on now. I know yours are perfect. <laughs> Mine had a little trouble sometimes. Come on, somebody. You walk in, they got cookie crumbs on their mouth, and they're chewing. You said, you get in the cookie jar? <laughs> yeah, you did. You're lying. Well, boy. <laughs> Woo. That's mine. You can't have my toy. That's mine. Never had to teach my kids to do that. Their mother's bloodline passed it right on. <laughs> my Lauren, my Lauren's got a given heart. Yesterday we were at a drive-thru, there was this little fellow working in there, and his pants were too big for him. He had a belt that was holding him up. And I was like, God, don't let it fail. Don't let it fail. Don't let it fail. <laughs> Lauren said, oh, Daddy, I can't take it. I can't take it. I said, you can't take one. She said, his little pants are too big. I said, yeah, I noticed. But when Grayson was little, she in the nursery, thank you, Jesus. Happy birthday, darling. I was just telling the church it was your birthday. It was a great one yesterday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Graceland didn't share food when she was a baby. And she still struggles a little bit. But I want to tell you, I didn't teach her that. I didn't teach my kids to lie, Caleb. I didn't, I didn't teach them that. They learned on their own. But you know what happens? As you mature and you grow, you realize just because you told a lie, you're not a liar. You ain't hearing me. What I'm saying to you is, you may have made a mistake, but you are not your mistake. Shakataya. 
I feel something on me this morning. I've come to declare freedom over somebody's life. Yes, you may have been tempted by a bottle, but I declare over you in Jesus' name, you are not an alcoholic. There may be drugs in your system right now, but I declare over you in Jesus' name, you are not a drug addict. You are a child of the king, and God is bringing you out of it right now. The music would come, please. Remain standing. I'm finished. Oh, God. I felt something on me last night at the sanctuary when I came in. I began to walk by these seats. I didn't know who all would be here this morning. And I began to seek the Lord last night for whomsoever would sit on these seats today. And I want to tell you, precious people, something. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. I want you to hear the preacher today. If you know anything about me, you know one thing for sure. I love you enough to tell you the truth. But I'm declaring over this congregation today, I don't care who you're here with. If you came by yourself, if this is the first weekend the Lord dealt with you to come, if you're here because you thought you were visiting with somebody else, or you're here because the Spirit of the Lord dragged you out of bed in the middle of the night last night and convicted you, and that's why you're here, I'm here to tell you you're not here by accident. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care who you are or what your background is or what your parents were or where you came from. He's the same God for all people. And it doesn't matter if your parents were godly Christian people or they were drug addicts. This is for you this morning. He has preeminence in all things. If Jesus is not first in your life, last in your life but I'm asking you today if you want to make him Lord of everything if you'll make your way right now don't be uncomfortable don't worry about what people are going to say about you but if you want to make Jesus first in your life today I would invite you these altars are open if you would come I promise nobody's going to come bum rush you shake you to death scream in your face but I want you to know today that Jesus loves you and he wants to be he wants to be first in your life Jesus wants to be number one in your life today. If you're willing to make God first in your life, would you just come today and raise your hands and surrender to Him and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. However you want me to live, God, I'll live. Oh, God. Come on, it's awful quiet in here for somebody to be giving their life to the Lord right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. start singing a fast song and somebody get up and walk out of here and miss the opportunity God's given you I can't get this to lift off of me right now sometimes if we're not careful we just clap our hands and we sing the song and then we leave somebody came here today desperate for God somebody came here today desperate enough to say Lord if you don't touch me today I don't know what's going to happen in my life 
Somebody's been telling God the last few days, if you don't move in my life, I don't know where else I could go or what else I could do. I want to tell you, you're in the right place right now. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes. I'm going to ask everybody to just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Would you? All over this room right now. Lord, your spirit has come to seek out and save that which is lost. I'm asking you right now, Lord, that you would walk these aisles right now. That you would find the hungry, the broken, the blind, the halt, the maimed, the empty. Oh, God, that your spirit would search out hearts right now that are hungry for you. I speak life over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare every spirit of suicide that's been talking, every spirit of depression that's been speaking, I declare your voice null and void in the ears of God's people. I command that lying, dying spirit of suicide to be silenced in the name of Jesus and every spirit of hopelessness to be replaced by the spirit of hope and joy and love and peace. Come on, somebody. His spirit is reaching for you right now. Come on, I know you may feel hopeless, but there's hope in this house this morning. I know you may feel empty today, but he's here to fill you up. Oh, God. Come on, church, let's pray.